the school. Controversial topic, man. We finna connect educators around the globe, you understand me? Yeah. Y'all tap in, tune in. Charter school. Charter school. Public school. Public school. Charter school. Charter school. Public school. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. Charter school. Public school. Charter school. Public school. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. The name of the podcast is called Charter School versus Public School. Man, let's talk about it. So, um, let's get into it. As I start uh, going around the different schools, I kind of just came up with this uh, this concept. And okay. So so uh, first off, you know, let everybody know. Uh, you ain't got to tell them what school you work at, but tell them where you know what state and uh, you okay. know Well, I'm based out of um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, been here since I graduated high school. So. Uh, uh, um, been in education for a long time now. Well, I guess you consider 12 years a long time. Um, yeah, so, and I'm actually at a charter school. Uh, I've been with a charter school for 11 of my years. That's how I've been um, in education. I worked in public for one year. And the benefits uh, working in charter school is a lot. Um, more, more so for our community. Let me start there. Um, you know, uh, we as people, we you know, our schools are typically in the urban area, um, as they like to call it, the hood area. Um, they don't have the the same benefits if you know they went to you know the suburban school or whatever. So, with the charter school coming and taking over, failing schools, uh, I thought it is it, it, a it is a great service for especially for this city, but even around the country where, where charter schools are, it helps the urban community a lot more oh. than um and I, I like the fact you give them an option right and you, so, you can you can you tell the difference or between you know the charter school and the public school or is it is it the same it's really no difference it's a it's a huge difference it's a huge difference because a lot of charter schools are just getting started okay. um and what what we expect from charter schools is that you know you come in and take over a felon school and you automatically think something's going to happen overnight or, or within a year. Um, just like with anything that changed, it takes time. Uh, I, what I start to see a lot on, even as a teacher, um, as a view from the parents and the, you know, talk with parents, uh, politicians within the city, they want the change, but what they don't understand or what they don't want to go through is the process of it. And that is what really gives the charter school a bad rep is that no one's prepared for that process. Gotcha. And, and if you actually, like I've been at, a, at my last charter school, um, came there after two years has been open, stuck with it for seven years. And the growth that that school started off as a D school and went all the way up to a C, then a B. And then I think it stuck at a B for a while and then kind of dropped back to a C after COVID. So. If you stick with the process and give it time, charter schools can work. Um, so to answer your question, in my, I'm, I'm an advocate for charter schools. Um, yeah, yeah. The pay is even better. Yeah, benefits, cool. like I said, and, and you have to come into the charter program knowing that this is what you really want to do. Because a lot of the kids that you will receive 
even though it's a lottery system that for the kids to get into the school, uh, it's a lot of kids that have been kicked out from the other school or have behavior problems um, within the public school. And so we take them kids on. And I don't believe there's a such thing as a bad student. They're, they're, they're just students in bad situations. And you do have a thing called bad teachers. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, I, I experienced some of them at uh, A4 as a guy. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let me introduce my boy. This is my boy, Mr. Delaney, man. I remember when he came to Count Creek, man. When he came to College Park, man. Straight from Washington. Yeah. Man. From Cleveland, Ohio. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. From Cleveland. Um, so, uh, yeah. so, so, what was your experience when you came to Count Creek? So, Camp Creek. Coming um, from Cleveland. From Cleveland. So, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. From up north to the south, the education system is totally different. Um, we had, you know, our urban schools or whatever, but majority of schools up in the, up north were more mature. Um, said more mature? On, more mature. Okay. They okay. focus on the arts, um, academics, as well as athletics. Like, the big thing that I learned when I first got to Camp Creek was y'all have band, and up north we had orchestra. Yes. That's like, y'all march on the field, we kind of just sat in the stands and played. Like, it was, like, that's a big difference and out in the south a lot of emphasis put on athletics like if you're not an athlete then you know either you athlete or you a nerd which one you know it, it was that or other but you know up north you, it just everything is open wide up to you if you want to be an artist a dancer uh you want to do drama not saying that the south don't have it but it's not spoke about a lot and so that's like one of the things i did when i first since i got an education i've been pushing the art a lot like i'm a painter um especially during covid that's what kind of kept me sane i was painting a lot and we helped get the started program at our school for painting like having an actual art class um yeah last year we started a dance class and so it's just like I, one thing i'm really trying to do within education is push that platform of giving the kids option of all the arts and not just playing in the band but yeah college park bro man and what y'all don't know about this man here, for him to be an author, he has to be because he has so many stories he can write. He <laughs> was the class clown. Yeah. Not the class clown that's disrespectful and getting put out, but you need to laugh. Brandon was the one for it. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I was the one for it. <laughs> hey, man. Golly. Yeah. I never, I never saw myself doing this, though, but hey, man, I, I like the path that I'm on. You know what I'm Right, saying? right. Yeah. You found your gift, and um, it's not just a job; it's a gift, and you live yep. in your gift, and that's what's that's what's dope about it. Right, right. What uh, so what inspired you to want to become a teacher, and uh, what age did you become a teacher? Um, just graduated college, uh, on my military path, and then seeing that was not what I really wanted to do no more. Uh, I went and sub, and I was a good sub, and I was really good in math. And so they said, hey, let's go take the praxis and see what you do. Took it on the first time, passed it the first time. They're like, hey, now we gotta get you certified and get you in the classroom. And that's where it started. So that was at 25. And I've been doing it since then. Yeah. Um, well, no, 24, at 24. I've been doing it since then. I gained a passion for it. I started teaching uh, middle school. I taught middle school for three years. Uh, seventh, eighth grade math. And then I had my son. And so kind of wanted to 
you know, learn the workings of the little kids. And so then I went down to elementary and stuck with elementary, fourth grade math. Been there, been here since, haven't left. I've been here uh, nine, eight, nine, how, how many years that is? It's been forever. Like I know the fourth grade curriculum, math curriculum, backwards and forward. It's funny you say that. That's how I uh I I asked myself to teach on the side too when I ain't okay. doing what I'm doing. So I've been doing that for about three years. Yeah. How you like it? Uh, it's cool. It's cool. I work this different charter school. That's how I even came up with this because I never, you know, we went to public school. You know, what I'm right. Kind of like I think the charter school way took off like when we went to high school and college. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I have worked at a different different charter schools that I seen the different ones are different, especially like on the north side of town. Mm -hmm. like three other, they're kind of different than the ones uh, in East Point um, that I worked at. You, you really can't tell the difference for the ones in Marietta. They like, it's completely ran structured. It's, you can't really tell that they freelancing, but like when you mm -hmm. go to the ones on the south side, you can tell what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, you got, and, and so a lot, from what I've noticed with a lot of things that happen within charter schools is that, you know, they come and they take over a failing school. And when they take over a failing school, they'll hold back two, three experienced teachers yeah. and move them into like the API or the Dean roles, which assistant principals pretty much bring somebody from out of town as a principal and say, Hey, y'all be the founding teachers and principals of this school. Let's just think up and run it. And so what happens, they hire a lot of young teachers. That's why at the beginning of, of, of a charter program, is, is it looked crazy because you got these young folks in the classroom. Um, I didn't truly have classroom management until like my second, third year teaching. Like I was good at teaching the content, but building that rapport with students and and not just the students, the families, the parents. Right, that's, that, it takes, that's, you got to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got to. And and with these young folks is, well, you know, they, 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 I think for a lot of them, in my opinion, it's like they get this uh, sense of authority or power over somebody. They never really had that in life. So it's like, well, now, yeah, y'all got to look up to me and y'all have to respect me. And I don't only command it, I demand it. And a lot of them fail within their first year or so because you disrespecting these kids. These, these scholars and you they're gonna give the same thing what you put out you're gonna get right back right but you and, gotta figure out how to build that rapport with them and a lot of them don't take that time to do it and i noticed that too i seen this one particular charter school i was uh at they would that you would come in as a sub and then that's the you know it went from a a a, a short-term sub to the permanent sub then you the teacher you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. no training like you said you you kind of need a little classroom management you got right. you 30 got kids you. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't got no experience, you ain't gonna know how to control the class. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, even here at my school now, uh, and I'm not gonna get a name of my school. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, we ain't gonna do that. Nah, we ain't gonna put on that. Uh, on our middle school side of it, uh, they have went through so many teachers to where now all the subs have became permanent subs, and two of them aren't actually teachers now, which is not crazy because they are in that field, you know, to become teachers, but they wasn't ready to step in that role so quickly. But in a charter system, that's what you kind of, you know, it, it happens not it happens all the time. And not saying that you're forced into that role, but again, you start to build that rapport with those kids. And so it's gonna be rough at first, but then you know, it gets better at the time if you if like if you really, really want to do this. Right, 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 right. So I had another question for you. I want you to uh, describe your teacher style and why do you think it's effective? Well, um I have I've always met the state 
uh, minimum requirement on uh, passing the state exam um, here since I've been teaching. But my style is, is I want to say it's, it's not necessarily unique, but it's exactly what the kids need. Um, I start off my year by saying the three Fs that I'll leave out in my classroom. And that's, that's I'm going to be fair, I'm going to be firm, but I'm also going to have fun. So those are the only Fs that I can get in my classroom. And then, like I tell the students, if you do what you have to do, then you can always do what you want to do. And so that's like kind of my mantra. That's why I kind of live off of my classroom. And I'm the cool, like I'm the cool teacher. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember who you had back in middle school. I remember uh, Miss Finch. Yeah. She was a cool teacher. You know, like you can go talk to her with your problems. You can joke with her, but you better be on your work. You better be doing what you have to do. Then you can do what you want like that. And that's kind of, I learned kind of from her, but it also, my military background, I got that discipline. Like I tell kids all the time, I'm not your average teacher. I get with you if I have to. Wow. Um, I took the courses so I can lay hands. And I'm not saying lay hands, not say lay hands, but I'm not going, I'm not the one to be disrespected. Like I'm not. You, you, you demand your respect. You let them know like, hey, I, I, like, I, I ain't going to disrespect you, but you're not going to disrespect me. Cause them kids will they will disrespect you too. Boy. Oh, that's right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially the young nowadays, man. It's out of control. I got a video that went viral. Well, I won't I won't say it went viral within Baton Rouge. Um a couple of days ago, me breaking up a fight. And the kids like when the other teachers that are in trying to break it up, them kids like shit. But they saw me coming and it's like, oh wait, here come Mr. Delane, watch out. Like I said, I'm not gonna disrespect y'all, y'all gonna disrespect me. And we're gonna keep it. So my 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 approach to the kid, and this is another thing. I, I just had a conference before I got on here with one of my um, runners. So I'm a track coach too, yeah, and yeah. I also I'm also the uh, his homeroom teacher. And I just got finished telling him. Yeah. And the parent is, I do the most for my kids. I will go out my way for my kids. Um, don't make you know. Don't make me feel like I'm wasting my time. So when I'm putting out for you, I need you to give me that same energy back. And so with that, the kids really have that sense of, and not, it's not no, really, it's, it's really that. I really do care for them. Like, I really do love them. Like, I had to break down to the one young man. I miss out a lot of time with my own son because I'm here with you. Like, I'm coaching you to run against my son. And I said, and, you know, I need to know how much that affects me as a teacher. And, you know, the kid and the mom's like, wow, oh, my God. You really, yeah, I'm putting myself out there with you against my own child right like i'm still gonna go coach my child on the end you know but i got i'm dealing with you first and so that's another thing i really care for my kids and i call them my babies but not today faithful like right now i never let them know they're baby to me because i got to keep that uh you know that firm as i call it slippery slope i can y'all can't see me nice at all you know i am really nice so uh how important is it to have male teachers in the classroom and why well, if you go back to when we was in school, how many male teachers did we really have? Yeah, that's a totally Camp Creek. Yeah, we got me thinking right now. Whew. I mean, we had Mr. Nikolai, but exactly. we had Nikolai. him, but he and... he was kind of unrelatable. You know what I mean? Right. He needed right. to be teaching like uh um uh, 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 college. You know? What I'm yeah, he should have college professor. I, I ain't gonna lie, I love Mr. Nikolai. I learned a lot from him. Go straight to the office. Yeah. Oh yeah. To yeah. kick us out. Well, he, I, but, uh, I used to put the whole class out one time. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I used to get kicked out a lot of his class, man. 
he was a he, he was one, but he was like I said, that's a teacher who truly cares. Oh well, and, you know what, Mr. Griffin, that's the only and, one. And I, that's the only two. I'm about to say Mr. Griffin, because then yeah. Mr. Griffin he went over to uh, Westlake, I think. It's right, right. Oh, he no. rode on. I seen him. Yeah, he was my teacher at Westlake. Yeah, and but yeah. So, then, then uh, at Westlake we had this guy. I ain't gonna say his name, but he was one of them male teachers. To this next question, I was gonna ask you. It was just like a, it was just a job for him. He was my math teacher, and uh, mm -hmm. I only asked him a question one time. You probably know who this guy is too, because you went to Westlake for one year, right? For one year, I'm we ain't gonna to say his that. name. We don't call. He was out there in the trailer back there. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I know we had two. We had one that was ELA, the light skin buff now, dude, the, the dark skin, the one dark skin in the back. With with the dreads. You probably didn't, huh? He had dreads. No, 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 not him. We had another one in the back back there. Well, I didn't have him then. You didn't and have I him. Was, I was taking um because it was the science teacher. Uh she was from New Orleans and he used to uh he was next door to him, you know. I I didn't have I had because you know my math was on like I was taking 10th, 11th grade math. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. I I didn't have that teacher. But but when you think about it, go back to your question, think about it. So for us yeah. to really think about four male teachers oh. our, our, our career of being in, in, in K-12. I can't, I guess that's it right now for me. You know what I mean? They look like me. They look like they that. Look I can like me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. So it's, 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 it's important because I think one thing that really got me into teaching when I was first subbing, it was a, another another male teacher who we bumped heads a little bit. Uh, and we got, we got into it one day. And I'm like, you're not gonna disrespect me and I'm not gonna disrespect you. Oh, older like, guy. Oh, no, no, he was younger than me actually. Gotcha. Um, but he'd been teaching longer already. He, I think it was like his second year into teaching. He's like, well, you know, you a substitute and I'm an educator. And I gave him a look like, what do you mean I'm not an educator? Because even though I'm a, my title's not your, like yours, but we had to both do the same job. And then when he realized what he said, he apologized immediately. He's like, at the end of the day, we are all educators. And, and, and for, for a lot of these students, these are the only positive black male that they probably see in their life. Right. Um, that's the only consistent thing, black men that they have going on with them. And so he said, he likes to, he apologized that to me as a brother, as in like, you know, this is why it's important to have us in the building because we all we got when you look at it. If we don't have like, like, like for a young lady to go to school and see something better than her, but her father, like if her father locked up or he's in a street life and it's that, but she could go to school and see, oh, as a black man, you still can be this or you can do that. That's important as well for our young men, more important for our young men, because some of them, again, they don't have it in their lives. Right, right, right. So I think we owe it, especially um, when we're in this game, when we're in this field of education, we owe it to the youth, to our Black youth, more importantly, to represent for them and show them all the sides of it. Like, like you know, you, you can be what you want to be. Yeah. We need to let our kids know y'all could be anything. No right. matter where you come from, so that's why it's important to have black men, and we need more. We need more out. There. We need we need as many we can get. Right, because I could not here for a check. Right, We're not here for a check. So 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 so, how do you feel about that? When uh, you have these teachers, that's uh, that's there for a check, they have no passion working with with uh, children. You know, do you think it can work, or is 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 not? Uh, I tend to mind my business. Um, right, right, right. Like, if you ask for help, I'm always willing to help. Right. But again, if this is not 
what you're called to do. If this is not um, a real, like I say, if it's if it's a job, then this is a job. But if this is your gift, and you know this is your gift, then I'm all I'm all hands in to help you. I stay late, do what I gotta do. But if you just consider this as a job, and you can tell when someone knows that this is just a job, you know, at the end of the day, the job is gonna push you out on its own. Right. Because you become stagnant and you've been doing a job for say, say three years and you don't see no real growth in yourself and your money, your responsibilities, the job gonna push you out itself. And not just that, the kids. The kids are, believe it or not, are some of the smartest creatures in the world. Yeah. They see everything. And so they see when you don't truly care for them. Thanks. So uh-uh, I, I, when it comes to that, I let I, I let life happen where it's supposed to happen. Thanks, thanks. So, man, I ain't going to hold you too long. I got two last questions. Um, Go what, for it, bro. Your, what would you say your biggest challenge you encountered being a teacher or just in an education uh, profession? Hmm. One is parents. Parents, yeah. Uh, yeah, the parents can be tough. And and I know when I was in, when we was in school, it was the teacher calling your parent. It's the teacher and parent are aligned, and they going against you. Now, teacher calling parent, parent finally comes up there. It's kid and parent going against the teacher. Ooh, so yeah, it's it's no you know it's no support from the parents like like we should have it. But then, I mean, we can we can really dive into this topic at a later point because these babies are raising babies. And so the biggest struggle is to get parents to actually invest in their own scholar. Um, like what, what I did this year with my track team, because I opened up to coach elementary. I no longer do middle and high, but I'm doing elementary now. But I let the parents know for them to be on this team, you have to be on this team, meaning I need you sending water or, or, or snacks to the, to the tra- track meet. I need you at track me. If you can't make all, make at least two or three. Right. Um, you know, send somebody. And like I tell them, the only way you can cut, only way a child get cut from my team is by you not doing what you have to do. Like pick your child up on time. And so the main challenge holding parents accountable, but I'm doing my best now, more so than ever, to make sure they're accountable. Because these, these babies need their parents. And the parents don't recognize that, and I get it. You working hard, you got two jobs, um, you got the other kids to worry about. I get it all. But it don't take nothing to let just to show your face to your child, even if you only stay for 10 minutes. It makes such a big difference when you support these children and they see that you're trying to support them and not just supporting them by keeping the roof over their head and you know, food in their belly. Because if you need that help, they got wealth. Let me know. Let me not stop. Let me stop. <laughs> But, uh, so so last question. Um, you might have. I think you danced on this, but I'm gonna ask you again. Why do you think education is important? Education is important. Uh, and, and if I could be just completely transparent and real, it's important because it was never given to us. We huh. had to fight for it. Right. Um, and you know, my people are 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 from the island, Jamaica. Education over there, it, it, it ain't as easy. It ain't, it ain't so willing and giving like it is here. So it, it, that's one reason why it's important. But like, like I'm at the point where I push education, but I don't push college. Okay. Go, go to K-12 and learn all you can and go get you a trade and make, and, and make all the money you want in the world. And you didn't have to go get a college degree to do it. 
And so if, like I said, if I know what I know now, I probably would not have wanted to go to college. I probably went and just got me a trade. And to maybe took a couple of college courses to learn finance and, 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 and business side of things. But uh, education is important now. Like K through 12, is you have to know it because you won't get that chance if you don't go get it. I mean, you may luck up. It's like getting hit by lightning. You may be that one person that luck up and you don't and you don't complete high school or middle school and you're doing well for yourself. But to give yourself a good start in life, go get that K through 12 and knock it out. Okay. And then, furthermore, uh, self-education too. You know, we got with the internet and all that. You figure out your niche and, you know, just lock in and just continue yeah. to learn, you know. Like I was telling my bar uh, the other day, we was talking the older man. These, these, this, this generation of kids is, is the most fearless. Anything they want to do, they can do it. Because one, they have all the tech, all the avenues of approach to do it. The only thing that these kids are lacking right now is wisdom. And be, they lacking that wisdom because they have all this tech. Like they never have to go put their head into a book. I remember we had to go actually look up, look in encyclopedias to figure out stuff. Right. Or uh, xgs.com when we right. actually had internet. And, and hopefully it ain't raining where you, you dialing up, you know, it, it's not like these kids can easily just go on their phone and say, hey, Siri or hey, Google, what is this times this? So they just lack that wisdom. So we got to figure out how to get these kids back to that state, especially our kids of, of, of obtaining wisdom. Right, 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 right. And man, Mr. Delaney, man, I appreciate you tapping in, man. Oh, um, I appreciate you, man. Let me know when that's anytime. Next time you do one. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I'm bringing you back on. It's just, uh, just the start of things. I, I had to have you. I, I had interviewed. Somebody. Slow money is better than no money. Written by Rashad Patterson. It's available on Amazon.com and audio, ebook, and paperback. Rashad Patterson is a children's book author who specializes in bridging the gap from the affluent neighborhood to the inner city. His children's book, Slow Money is Better Than No Money, teaches children the true essence of hard work. Sometimes you got to crawl before you walk. Everybody wasn't born with a silver spoon. I highly recommend this author. And his website is www.rashiadpatterson.com. Once again, his website is www.rashiadpatterson.com. Charter school, public school, charter school, public school. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Podcast. Charter school, public school, charter school, public school. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it.